This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Aaron Brightman. Welcome to episode 120 of the On the Banks podcast. I'm your host and managing editor, Aaron Brightman. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Here we are, the first day of winter, Christmas week. Lots going on with Rutgers Athletics. Wanted to hit on a few things first before we get into our uh, featured interview for this episode. Right now, Rutgers men's basketball is on an extended pause uh, due to COVID-19 positive cases within the program. Since the loss to Seton Hall on December 12th, they had games postponed against Ryder and Central Connecticut State. They just announced on Monday of this week that the Ryder game is officially canceled, uh, and they hope to reschedule the Central Connecticut State game. I'm hearing that probably New Year's Day is the target for that. But of course, as uh, we've learned over the last uh, almost two years, things are very unpredictable when it comes to COVID-19. And unfortunately, it's still a reality today with cases on the rise. Rutgers is next scheduled to play Maine on December 29th as of now. That game is still on, but it remains to be seen if that game and if the Central Connecticut State game will be played before Rutgers is scheduled to host Michigan as Big Ten play resumes on January 4th. So obviously unfortunate that this team has been on an extended pause and not had the opportunity to get back on the court and get back uh, on the winning track. So more to come on that. And uh, you can, of course, follow updates at onthebanks.com. In terms of women's basketball, they're now 7-7. Seven and seven. They've won three in a row in non-conference play. Not the best start to the season, and we'll have more on that uh, if you check out on the banks. Writing about their start, but they have not had success against high major opponents this year at all. Actually, 0-6 oh uh, against high major opponents. Uh, they're back at it December 30th at home against Indiana as Big Ten play resumes for them. And then also big news with Rutgers football. Uh, we had our uh, signing day um, podcast episode last week with uh, Brian Doan of 24-7 Sports. Check that out if you didn't listen to it, but a, a rundown and everything he pretty much said came true in terms of what to expect with this class. Currently sitting at number 28 nationally with the 24-7 Sports rankings, their composite rankings and seventh of the Big Ten. Um, everyone that was expected to sign did. Doesn't look like there's any surprises in the works. Limited spots available, uh, most likely to be filled in the transfer portal moving forward. But other news uh, this week that uh, defensive coordinator Rob Smith uh, is expected to take the same position at Duke, uh, which means that uh, Greg Schiano is now uh, looking to fill that post. I think it's going to be, you know, not a quick search uh, and we'll have something out on the site uh, Tuesday in terms of covering his options. I think there's, you know, three, three ways uh, that he could approach this. Obviously there's some big names out there from a recruiting perspective. Um, Shiano with his initial hirings of his staff two years ago, it was all um, coaches that he's had relationships with and worked with in the past. So something to look for, of course, Fran Brown, um, you know, is mentioned uh, and a lot of fans are calling for him to be promoted. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the way Shiano will go. Certainly an option. And I think what would be interesting to see is not just promoting him, but also some other moves that could involve uh, in terms of retooling the staff. Uh, some other news around Rutgers sports. Uh, now that women's soccer season is 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 complete, 
um, the most successful season in program history. Amira Ali and Gabby Provenzano have uh, officially started their pro careers. Ali was traded. She was drafted last year by the Portland Thorns, and they traded her to an expansion team, San Diego Waves. And Gabby Provenzano was then drafted this past week by Portland. So best of luck to both of them. Uh, some field hockey news. Gianna Glatz and Katie Lamore were named All-Americans uh, last week. Gianna Glatz was named for, uh, first team All-American uh, and three times in her career. And Katie Lamore was named the second team All-American the second time in her career. So great accomplishments for them. Wrestling heads to the Midlands uh, after Christmas. They're 10-0 regular season start, best in program history. So uh, exciting to... Uh, think of the prospects for this program uh, in the new year and you can check on the banks.com for all of our coverage of the Midlands tournament coming up uh, after Christmas. For this episode, wanted to put a spotlight on a, another Rutgers program that has quietly made uh, significant strides over the last few years under now fourth year head coach Umi Salim Beasley. They had a uh, lot of history last season in 2021. Uh, they had their highest ever finish and highest ever score at the Big Ten Championships. They had two NCAA regional qualifiers in Bell Huang and Hannah Joyner. Uh, Joyner also made nationals on the beam, both of which made first team all Big Ten. And they uh, also had their first uh, regular season Big Ten dual meet victory over Nebraska. They just signed uh, number 15th ranked national uh, nationally. Uh, recruiting class. Uh, this comes off uh, the year before where they finished number 23 in the recruiting class. So um, Coach Salim Beasley really making progress both on the mat and adding talent and depth to this program. Lots to talk about uh, this team, uh, which begins uh, competition uh, the first of the year on January 7th. And we're really happy to have her back and to talk to head coach Umi Salim Beasley now. And it is my pleasure to now welcome in Rutgers Gymnastics head coach Umi Salim Beasley, entering her fourth season at Rutgers as head coach. Tremendous success last season and looking forward to more this year. Coach, thanks so much for being back and thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. So we're speaking a couple of weeks uh, out of, uh, I guess, three weeks before the season uh, begins on January 7th. How has this offseason been? Obviously, last year with all the challenges with COVID, obviously still a reality today. Um, but how has uh, the program, in terms of having seniors back that were able to, to have an extra year and also developing all the new and younger uh, athletes in the program? Well, I would say that last season really was the definition of true grit. And we talk about it all the time about Rutgers athletics and being gritty. And, and I think that's exactly what we were able to show last year, just how tough we were, how we were able to really manage with all the different changes that were getting thrown at us left and right. And to really keep a mindset of being competitive and going out each week with knowing that there were uncertainties, that things could change at any moment and still go out and do really quality routines was something that we were so proud of. And I think once we made it through the season and had the accomplishments that we had, um, I think it really prove to our team how capable we are of handling so many different things and still being able to go out and and be super competitive within our conference um, was really just, I think, the statement that they needed to be able to see that 
know, with all the challenges, we were able to go out and have our best season in the Big Ten ever. So um, I think going into this year and having a lot of newcomers, all of our upperclassmen really just tell them all the time, like, Last year, we went through so much. And and this year, we're just so happy to be able to have a sense of normalcy. Of course, we're dealing with COVID concerns still, but um, I think things have shifted a little bit now that we um, are a little more at ease with being able to train and knowing that um, the competition restrictions are not going to be as harsh as what they were last year. Um, But letting the freshmen know that we're capable of so much and that now our team is, is used to being an underdog team and that you know, people don't really predict that we're going to go out and and do as well as we do. And I think every year we've come out and proven them wrong, that it, it kind of gives us the position where we're almost in stealth mode, that people don't really see us coming until we get to a competition and we win and everyone's like, what just happened? Um, so we <laughs> love feeling. And um, I think that's Rutgers athletics in general, that people tend to underestimate what we're capable of doing. And I think for us, it, it's it's less pressure and we can just go out and do what we know how to do without people having any expectations. Um, of course, for ourselves, we have expectations and we know what we are capable of doing, but um, for other people not to have them, that's okay. I think that's that's the uh, the challenge that we want to be able to go out and prove to everybody what we are capable of doing. So speaking of that success, you know, last year you uh, you won the meet against Nebraska, the first Big Ten uh, dual meet uh, victory, you had the best ever finish at Big Ten championships, winning session one. How much has continuity on your staff helped your progress? Uh, Michael Rosso and Anastasia Habeck have been with you uh, at Temple, came, came to hear at Rutgers. How much has their presence and you being able to have that continuity on your staff helped in the, in the development of this program? Well, I would say that um, the relationship that I have with Mike and Tasia now has been going on close to 10 years uh, because they were both students at Rutgers when I was an assistant coach. So I've been able to see them as, as students and then their transformation all the way through to being coaches and now seasoned coaches um, really did help us to formulate a plan that really works, um, that we can come in the gym and really know what everyone is going to be able to do. As coaches, we um, are all on the same page with what our expectations are and what our plan is going into each day of practice. So it's really like a well-oiled machine that you you know exactly what's going to end up happening from one coach to the next, the next. Um, And the consistency piece, I think, really puts our athletes at ease, um, knowing that we've been together for quite some time. We worked really well together. Um, Our expectations for what we have for our athletes are the same um, and that they can't really go from one coach to the next and get um, (laughs) a different story. It's going to be the same. Kind of like with parenting kids where where they go to the <laughs> one parent to try to get a different answer. That's not something that happens within our staff. But um, it also helps with recruiting too, because when you look across the country and you see staffs that are getting turned over from year to year, it it um makes recruits think that you know the staff that's recruiting me might not be the staff that ends up coaching me one to two years later. So them knowing that we've been together for quite some time, I think really puts them at ease and it really trusts that um, you know, we have a program that's pretty solid and that the coaching staff has been in place for quite some time and we're, we're are working together to continue to build. So um, I would say that it definitely does help that we have known each other for quite some time and that our, our athletes have um, had the opportunity to work with us in a consistent form. So talking about um, your top performers from last year, obviously uh, Bell Huang is back uh, fifth year 
um, with that extra year of eligibility, three-time uh, NCAA regional qualifier. What does her return mean for the program and how has her leadership helped within the team itself and in, in, in developing you know, the younger players on your roster? Well, Belle, I would say now, of course, is um, the mother hen, and <laughs> she's been she's been kind of a, a consistent, steady force within our team. Um, you know, her personality is the same in the gym, in competition. Um, she's rock solid in everything that she does, um, which is exactly why she's our team captain again for the second year in a row. Um, she just has so much experience to be able to pass on, and I see it a lot with our freshmen that when they get frustrated or they're having a difficult time, she's the first one to come over and talk to them and kind of put them at ease and say, Hey, I've, I've been here before. I was a freshman too. I've experienced it. And these are some of the things that I worked on to be able to handle um, some of the frustrations and being able to work through them. So it, it's great that um, Bella is back again as a fifth year because, um, just having four years of competitive experience and, and really just being a standout. I think our, our team does look to her for leadership and to get advice in any situation because likely she's faced it. Um, she started out as a freshman with a different coaching staff. So there was a lot of transition that took place, but then she's also been a part of the program in every step of our building. So um, she's seen a lot and she's been able to stay competitive in every single year, um, even with the changes that I think that um, her strength is exactly what our team needs this year to continue building and, and to really become a national powerhouse. And Hannah Joyner, uh, another captain uh, last year, third uh, all-time NCAA uh, national qualifier for the program, you know, record holder for 9.9, so the uh, number of, of scores in her career. Has she even scratched the service in her potential? And, and what are you hoping from her this, this season? I think Hannah surprises everyone every year. And Hannah and Belle have very different leadership qualities. Um, Hannah's very much a lead by example, and I'm going to get my job done. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. So her teammates are really able to see what she's doing in competition and what she's doing in the gym to kind of model what it is that she's she's doing. Um, she as well is someone that that will lend her additional time to help out someone that might be struggling. Um, and she's very positive and very encouraging in that way. So her leadership extends um, really from her competitiveness as well as her work ethic in the gym. Um, Hannah's capable of so much. Um, she's got so many different skills that she's working on that um, really from, from week to week and competition to competition, you could see something different from her and different in an amazing way. So <laughs> she's just that caliber of athlete being a former elite gymnast that um, she has a variety of things that she can do and, and all of them be amazing. And I wanted to ask about your third captain, Stephanie Zanella, uh, just a sophomore, second year in the program. How does that speak to her leadership and just her, her status and, and uh, work ethic in the program? So I would say with Stephanie, um, it, it's not typical that you have a sophomore captain just because one year of experience um, for most people isn't a lot to take on a leadership role, but it was evident to us that Stephanie was a person that needed to be in that role because um, Stephanie is a gymnast that will put her all into everything that she does. And it may not come as easily to her as it does to other gymnasts, but it's not going to deter her. It's not going to frustrate her. She's just going to keep working at it until she gets it. And 
is so positive all the time. And even if she takes a turn and it's off and it and, and may have been a disaster, she kind of pops up and was like, oh, that, that was a little off and kind of laughs it off and, and keeps going. And I think that example is one that, you know, is very refreshing to see that she doesn't really take anything too seriously. She can brush off something that would probably be um, a major frustration for, for someone else and be able to move past that really quickly. So she's able to adapt so well. And um, she just has a personality that everyone really loves. So there's no one on our team that doesn't love um, having Stephanie around. And she is our first person to be able to speak up in our team meetings to to really just give um, suggestions or feedback for how a workout went. And it's, it's something that we saw in her um, really stepping up from her freshman year into that sophomore season as being someone that really wanted the best for the team and was going to do everything physically as well as as verbally to help her team um, to be at their best. So um, we knew that Stephanie was someone that we wanted to have in that role. So having a full off season um, and now obviously in, in your preseason training, who are you looking for uh, in terms of being able to step up this season and make an impact? Well, I would say that you know, we, we were very freshman heavy last year in our lineups. Um, and that was a role that we didn't expect to have happen, but with the difficulties and the challenges with COVID. And we had some gymnasts on our team last year that ended up having season ending injuries early that they didn't even get a chance to compete. Um, we kind of had to throw the freshmen in there where we would have liked to have eased them in, but they stepped in in a big way and were seasoned competitors by a couple meets in. And I would say that those freshmen now sophomores are still really continuing to step up and, and focus on a lot more details. Whereas freshmen, um, they didn't know so much about, they just kind of were like, yay, I'm happy I'm competing and not really understanding the whole realm of college gymnastics and how every little half a 10th of a point matters. Um, they understand it now. So in the gym, you've been seeing them, um, Avery Balzer and, and Kayla Newman, really just focusing on crisping up their routines, like trying to show the routines off a little bit more and not have those minimal deductions, where as freshmen, they probably would have taken that little step or that hop that would have added a half a tenth or a tenth deduction that they're really minimizing those within their routines right now. So I would say that those two that are sophomores now um, will definitely um, be able to increase their scoring potential this year because their routines are getting to be at a point where they're almost flawless. So I'm excited to see them compete. Of course, um, Hannah and Belle will continue to lead those upperclassmen. Hannah is still doing four events. Belle has um, really decided to focus on three events and bars is one event that she decided that she was going to come off of, um, which gave her more time to focus on vault beam and floor. Um, but still doing three events, she's going to be, um, one of those people that'll, will be able to count on to have some stronger scores. With our freshmen, I would say our freshman Aaliyah Aird is one that I would say is going to be able to show us quite a bit this year. We're, we're hoping that um, she'll be able to step in and contribute in a lot of events. She's excited to compete. She just kind of has a little bit of that fire in her and, and wants to get out and compete right now. So I think with those freshmen, they're, they're really eager to, eager to show what they're capable of doing. And Aaliyah is definitely one um, that I would say should be uh, a, a fan favorite. 
So talking about that freshman class, ranked in the top 25 as a recruiting class you just signed, and congratulations, number 15 ranked recruiting yeah. class last week. How important has it been just to be able to show the progress you have on the mat in recent years and to have that type of success uh, now two years in a row, uh, recruiting nationally ranked recruiting classes and adding that type of talent and depth into the program? Well, I would say that it's definitely piquing a lot of people's interests. Whereas in the past, we probably wouldn't have gotten looks from the top recruits in the country, but I think they are seeing um, the potential in our program. They're seeing the investment from administration into our facilities, as well as into our budgets to be able to help us do more with recruiting. It's given us the opportunity to have those kids come in and every single kid that we bring in on a visit, it their expectations are completely different than what they end up seeing when they come. And, and it's always positive. They'll come in and say, wow, I, I had no idea. I really did not expect that my visit would be what it was. And your team being such a close-knit team and such a strong family unit, that that is what they're looking for. So once we're able to get them on campus, they are pleasantly surprised at what it is that they end up seeing. So we're already looking at our 2023 class and have some commits in that class already. But for us to have a top 15 class, I think um, is probably a milestone for this program. I don't know if we've had a higher ranked recruiting class, um, but I think that it's the recruits really trusting in us as coaches, seeing the consistency as well as the growth that is making them see that there's an opportunity for them here, that they have the ability to come and be a standout and really make their mark on a program that is growing. And that's exciting for them. Just looking at the schedule um, and in terms of, you know, January 7th, you open up Florida, uh, a quad meet there. The following weekend, you're hosting NC State, North Carolina. Uh, You're also, you have two different meets this year against NC State and Florida. What was the thought process for the non-conference, both from a recruiting standpoint, how much does it help, you know, get that exposure, but also prepare your team for the Big Ten? Well, honestly, I have to say that um, judging in NCAA gymnastics is very regionally based. And the region that we're in, the Northeast region probably has to be the toughest judging in the country. And for us, that's pretty much all the schools in the Big Ten. So when we're competing within conference, the expectation is that our scores are going to be lower. It could be amazing gymnastics that probably would score a tenth to two tenths higher somewhere else. But because we have the toughest judges in our set region, um, it does put us at a bit of a disadvantage. So we try to get out of our region as much as possible because we know that the scores are going to be higher in the SEC. And anytime that we're out of our Northeast pocket area, it gives us a higher scoring potential. I hate to say that that's the case, but working with a sport that's subjective and you're relying on people to give you a score that you know, sometimes it, it happens to be that you have to just strategically plan your meets to give you a, a better scoring advantage. So last year we had no opportunity to do that because we had to compete within conference, which I think hurt us some because we did have some really stellar meets that just scored low because of the judges that we got assigned. So I think for us, had we had the opportunity to pick and choose our non-conference opponents, we would have probably been higher in the rankings. Um, So we're thinking that this year that we have the ability to get outside of just our, our Big Ten conference opponents, that that should help us in our rankings with boosting our, our team score. 
So that's interesting. I, I wanted to ask as a follow-up, as a head coach, how do you approach that, I guess, the mental side of it with your athletes, your gymnasts, in terms of if on film and, you know, in person, they deliver a, even maybe a career performance, but it doesn't show up in that score. Uh, right. I guess, how important is that in terms of being able to, to help them through that and be able to build off of that? Well, I think every gymnast understands that from one judge to the next could be the difference between two to four tenths in a score. So it's not something they're not used to. Of course, do they think it's unfair when they're looking at gymnastics <laughs> SEC and seeing what they score? Yes. Um, but our, our focus with our athletes is control what you can control. And that's your gymnastics. You can't control what the judge does with the score. So we can't get upset with that. Yes, we can get upset with our own performance because that we're in control of. Um, so it's controlling the controllables and really focusing on what we do in that moment. And if we're proud of the performance that we put on in competition, and that should be satisfaction enough. Um, we tell them that as coaches, we're going to fight for the score that we feel like you deserve. So if it's a score that comes up and we don't think is a fair score, then we're going to inquire that score to find out why the judges were taking the de deductions where they were taking them. So there are some protocols in place that give us the ability to inquire on a score. Will it change it? Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. We tell them to leave that to us to fight for the score, but their focus is their routine and what they can control. So coach, last question for you. I wanted to ask, you were assistant with the program, obviously from uh, the, the transition that Rutgers made into the Big Ten. Uh, now being back your fourth season as head coach, having the APC, how much has the support uh, within the athletic department under Pat Hobbs meant to your program, but also how, I guess, uh, rewarding or exciting has it been just to see Rutgers athletics as a whole take the next step that they have this past year in the Big Ten? I am loving being a part of this process and just seeing all the sports thrive and really the investment that administration and Pat has put into our sports shows through in everything that he does. I think that he, he really understands the needs of coaches as well as student athletes. And he listens to the, the coaches when there's concerns or there's needs that we feel like we have to have so that we are competitive within the big 10, um, he truly does understand that it's not just on paper or just agreeing in a meeting. It's okay. Well, let, let's look at this. How do we make it happen? What are the things that we need to put into place so that our coaches get what they need? Um, so it, it's refreshing to have an athletic director that really has that vision. Um, and, and for us as coaches to know that he is on our side and trying to make our programs the best they possibly can be. Seeing where we started out when I was an assistant coach in the beginning of the Big Ten years that we were so much further behind um, than where we are now, um, facilities-wise, budget-wise, there were so many things that needed to happen for us to be able to be at a point where we're competitive. And I think for us to really less than 10 years in to be in a place within all of our sports that we are competitive within the conference is a marvel. In my opinion, I think that we've made things happen extremely quickly. And, um, and, and I really do applaud Pat for pushing the buttons that needed to be pushed so that we were able to, to get the facilities that we needed as well as, um, the resources necessary to get the best athletes, um, have the best accommodations and really at least be comparable to other big 10 programs, um, with what we have to offer. 
Rutgers women's gymnastics head coach, Umi Salim Beasley. Coach, thank you so much for being here. Best of luck in the season ahead, and we wish you well. Thanks so much. Thanks so much to head coach Umi Salim Beasley of Rutgers Gym Women's Gymnastics. Really uh, done a, a very, very good job elevating that program after many years. I think people forget that, you know, they really, really struggled for the, for the first few years in the Big Ten. And, and I think uh, quietly uh, has uh, just each year taken steps under Coach Salim Beasley and really excited to see what this team can do in the new year in 2022. Thanks so much for her time. And uh, we'll be back uh, after the Christmas holiday, final week of 2021, to do a recap of the year that was in Rutgers Athletics. So keep an eye out for that. You can find all of our continued coverage of Rutgers Athletics at onthebanks.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks. And you can follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Thanks so much for listening. Happy holidays. And talk to you soon. Follow On The Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On The Banks Podcast.